0: Hello, listeners. We have some exciting news. Faith Foundation Podcast is having a full day women's retreat at the Wilderness Center in Wilmot, Ohio. So mark your calendars for July 16th from 9 to 3 p.m. If you're enjoying what you're hearing on this podcast, Bring some friends and come spend the day with me. Breakfast and lunch are included, and there will be scheduled times for you to personally connect with God out in the beautiful surrounding scenery. Follow the Eventbrite link in the show notes for more details and registration. Registration is open only until July 1st. Welcome to Faith Foundations with Open the Word with Circle of Friends podcast. I'm your host, Gwen McCaslin, for this Discipleship Wednesday series and we are we've just finished up the wisdom books of the old testament in the midst of our old testament survey and so if you're bogged down in some of these it's okay you can you don't have to keep up with me on these these are ones that you know as you're reading maybe through your bible in a year or if you're just wanting to open up to obadiah eventually when i get obadiah done you can listen to that podcast so you don't need to listen to the old testament survey in sync Although it is helpful. Um, and you may find along the way, if you are dropping into the series to pick up a specific book, that I might reference a, a past podcast. If that's the case, just look up that podcast and listen to that one. And it should fill in any, anything I didn't cover in that specific book's um, Podcast. Anyway, okay, so I am going to intro um, introduce our next section, and actually our next two sections of uh, books of the Old Testament, and for the most part, it's the second half of the Old Testament, Um, but we have five books that are far larger in their content than the rest of them and so they've lumped those together and called those the major prophets. And remember, the prophets are the ones that brought God's word to his people, including things like warnings of judgment, um, warnings and hopes for the immediate future, as well as things that were to come. Um, in the distant future. as And then the third thing that they kind of include is this hope for the coming Messiah. And one of the things that we talked about in um, one of the last couple of, uh, podcasts is that uh, there was this word shepherd that was capitalized. And when it was used before, it referenced the new King David who was to come, the new shepherd that was to come. And so... You know, it's those little pieces of foreshadowing of the Messiah that eventually Jesus fulfills tons of prophecies. And honestly, I think when I take a break after we complete the Old Testament, one of the things I'm going to do is do Old Testament um, prophecies that were made about the Messiah. And we'll talk about how Jesus fulfilled them. Um, and that should be a really interesting little set of Of podcasts but I want you to kind of have those before we look at the gospel accounts because those are gonna be things that you're gonna see as you read through the Gospels all right so on to prophets now up to this point in what we have done for podcasts we have seen several prophets already we saw for example Samuel who was a prophet to Israel and It was all the way back at about 1060 to 1020 AD um, before Christ, or sorry, that's BC before Christ. And so way back in before the divided kingdom, when the nation of Israel was unified. All right. So Samuel is the one who God used to anoint Saul, if you'll remember, and eventually anoint David as well. And then during David's reign, Samuel actually dies. Okay. And then after that, by about 200 years, we see Elijah and Elisha. Now, the other prophet that I want to mention is the one who confronted David with his sin with Bathsheba and that was Nathan Um, Nathan's not mentioned a whole lot and so by far Samuel Elijah Elisha are some of the most well-known of the prophets Um, and so there's more recorded about their lives and how God used them. Um, than uh, there is about Nathan so okay so the other two that we've seen up to this point is Elijah and his predecessor Elisha now remember your alphabetical order and you will have that (laughs) okay you'll know who comes first okay because J comes before S all right Um, the other thing you need to know is that for everything that Elijah did Elisha who came after asked for double portion and so you see seven miracles that elijah performed and you actually is recorded 14 for elisha okay so i want wanted to say that about those those guys are roughly around 870 bc to about 800 bc are their lives okay um the next one in order would be jonah Okay, who we know the story of Jonah. He was sent to Nineveh, didn't want to go. God intervenes with a big fish and a storm and all kinds of stuff. And basically, upsy-daisy, and he is on the shore of where he's supposed to go. And so God intervenes with him. We will cover him later because his book, the book of the story of Jonah, is included in the Minor Prophets. Okay, so those are the smaller books, and so they got labeled Minor. Okay, then you have Amos... Um, time-wise, you've got Amos, Isaiah, Hosea, Micah, and those guys are all in the 700s, okay? Um, and I'm, I'm trying to do this in a way that you're not bogged down by the timeline, if that makes sense. But I do want you to understand their order. And so as you read them in the Old Testament is not the chronological order of their lives, okay? So it's important to remember your timeline because some of these guys are to... Um, northern israel and some of them are to the southern part of the kingdom after it's split and if you need a refresher on that you can go back and look for the episodes where we talk about what happens after the life of solomon because the kingdom divides at that point and we've got a list of about 20 kings for each okay Um, and so the kingdoms are divided north and south and the northern tribes are called Israel, and the southern tribes are called Judah. And so you get the north, Israel, and then the south is Judah. Sorry, I don't know how clear any of that is, but this is stuff that honestly was very difficult for me to keep track of in my head as a young adult even. Um, And quite honestly, even before I studied it, it was kind of murky waters. (laughs) You know, if you'd asked me, now it was divided into two, I might have been able to give you Israel and Judah. But I don't know that I could have told you the location of which one was on top. <laughs> All right. So in any case, it's a, you know, this is where I'm going to send you to consult with your map because you can see where Jerusalem is located. If you look, um, it'll kind of tell you. The northern Israel did not include Jerusalem. The line was above Jerusalem. Okay, and so you have those distinct kingdoms, and they never reunited. Um, what actually ends up happening is that Israel ceases to exist um, as a northern kingdom, as a kingdom. It ceases to exist after the last king uh, that's listed, and it never, it never shows up again. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, and we've talked through that. So remember, too, that that northern kingdom had all bad kings. Um, they they didn't have any that in any way tried to be faithful to God's covenant with his people. Now, the southern kingdom, Judah, um, had actually a couple of good kings. They had about 8 out of 20 were considered good kings. And it doesn't mean that they were fully in line with the covenant that god had made with his people it means that they were trying <laughs> they were to some extent following what they were supposed to follow but most of those kings except for one actually allowed the high places to stay established there was only one of those eight who read god's word and went whoa 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 whoa, whoa. we got to get rid of those high places and actually tore them down Um, which his son came right behind him and undid his progress. So if that makes sense. So we have some examples of good kings in that southern uh, kingdom of Judah. All right, so why I tell you that? It's important to know because the prophets are the mouthpiece. They're the spokesman that God sends to warn people to get back in alignment with the covenant, that God's going to, you know, you're, God's patience is is expiring as we speak, and He's going to bring punishment. He's going to bring consequences in, um, and so there were the three part things that prophets talked about. Um, remember, they one they would bring word of judgment. Um, that there was impending judgment coming unless they got in line. There would be warnings and hope for the immediate future, like what was going on in the next year, couple months type of thing. Um, And then there was this far-off prophecy that sometimes there would be statements that are said that have a now meaning, but then they would also have a future fulfillment. Um, And then quite a few of... The prophets have um, prophecies about the coming Messiah, you know, where God will establish his kingdom on earth uh, for eternity, forever. Okay, so those are some things to keep in mind. All right, so let's go ahead and let's talk about the two divisions of prophets. Okay, um, we have the major prophets, and those include these books. We have Isaiah, we have Jeremiah, we have Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Daniel has a lot of prophecy in it, um, large sections. And so when you're studying things like Revelations, okay, and you're observing and that kind of thing, um, that is one of the places that you're going to also go to look for some of um, that prophecy for what is going to come when God sends his Messiah and, um, yeah, when the end times come. Okay, Isaiah and Jeremiah um, are both prophets to Judah, which is that southern kingdom. Okay, and that's the one that has Jerusalem. That's the one that um, the Messiah will come out of. He's of the line of David of Judah, the Lion of Judah. Okay, so it's under. Uh, you got to keep in mind who they are prophesying to, who they are sent to. Okay, Um, and so Isaiah comes first, and he's in 700 to 681 B.C., Okay, and then Jeremiah follows him, and he he follows him. There's a little bit of a gap in between. He is 626 B.C. to 582 B.C., okay? And when I go into each of those books, I'll talk about what is going on actively in the moment, okay? Um, Some of these guys are actually, of the major prophets, are actually prophesying from Babylon because, remember, this time period leads up to the exile, Um, not yeah the exile where uh, Babylon comes in and and literally just reaps the best the brightest the most beautiful and carts them all back to Babylon okay and this whole the whole picture of what's going on here with Babylon um, being kind of the seat of sin and Jerusalem, you know, being devastated is honestly mirrored quite a bit in Revelations. We will see Babylon in Revelations have... Um, her day of judgment. And in one day, one hour, she will be literally ripped to three. Um, and so she will get her consequences. So it's really interesting. The imagery of Babylon is kind of carried all the way through um, to the Bible to Revelation. Um, and so uh, there's, there's a lot of themes we're going to be talking about in the prophets that you're going to see... Um, in the New Testament, and I'm going to try to do my best to parallel some of those for you guys um, and kind of help you bridge the connectors uh, for that. This is stuff that it's really hard. um, It takes a lot of studying to be able to pull this stuff together. So this isn't stuff that just kind of everybody kind of knows within the church even. I think it's stuff that as we sit under Bible teachers with competence that we learn along the way. Um, so if you're new to the faith or you're new to the Bible and this feels overwhelming, take a deep breath. It's okay. And so there are some resources and stuff. That's one of the reasons is that I'm making this is so that you have a place to go for some of those connections that it takes some work to define and to be able to find. Okay. All right. So. Basically, okay, you've got Lamentations and Ezekiel and Babel and Daniel that are all written from Babylon. And Daniel, the book of Daniel, you have um, basically Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom until um, almost up until the book of Esther is contained within Daniel in a timeline. And so you see him carted off. You see young men carted off. Um, probably in either the first or second wave, when I get there, I'll clarify because there were two waves where they were kind of it, it's almost like a threshing wheat reaping is what they did. They went through the land and literally just 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 harvested the best, the brightest, and the most beautiful. It's something that we're very familiar with the Greeks doing, um, but it's something that actually started way back with Babylon, um, where you would go into a foreign country and you would basically strip it and you would take everything of worth of value from wisdom to philosophy to writing to literature to art their best and most amazing stuff that made them who they are you you basically pillage and you take home and you incorporate it into who you are to make your nation better brighter uh, more amazing healthier whatever and so that was kind of something that was done we definitely see that all the way down through Greece um, which is an empire that rises up after um, Babylon after Babylon you actually get um, Assyria. Um, if, if you remember, in Daniel, you'll get that statue. Well, that statue coordinates with the next several kingdoms that take over after, um, after the fall of Babylon. It's taken over by the Medo-Persian Empire. Um, and just to kind of give you a headline, kind of a Babylonia is six twenty six to five thirty nine, um, and then you've got the Medo Persian Empire, which is five thirty nine to 332 BC, and then you get Greece taking over in three thirty two to sixty three BC. And the thing about Greece is that we have this unifying of a lot of different areas and tribes and and tongues. With the spreading um, of Koine Greek across the entire region. And that was something that you see Alexander the Great and his armies do to unify the areas, give them one language. And into that context comes the New Testament, which is written in, guess what, Koine Greek. Um, and so it allowed scripture to be written in the common language of the day. So by the time you get to Jesus's. Um, time of life, they' they they all know Koine Greek. They're multilingual. You know, they would know Hebrew, and some would even know Aramaic, um, which a lot of Jesus's quotes are in Aramaic. Um, and so some of that has to do with uh, Jesus being from a Nazareth um, uh, north of in like that area because you got to remember, That would have been Northern Kingdom-type area, and it was considered hillbilly heaven up there. And so for everybody in Jerusalem, you know, the cities more, they would look down on people up there as being uneducated, rude, um, not having the manners, that kind of thing. And so basically it would be kind of our idea of being a redneck almost, you know, just... um, Yeah, I don't know. So stereotypical. Sorry, guys. (laughs) But anyway, uh, I'm just thinking of some comedians, and it makes me chuckle because they've made a whole career on mastering um, a certain type of stereotype with that. But anyway, um, okay. So you can definitely kind of see what we've got here. Um, You know, as you move through this, it's important to know where the prophets are ministering to, where they're writing their... Um, their book from um, and that kind of thing okay um, and, and for example in books like Jeremiah there was a message to the brand new exiles who are in this foreign land and they're trying to decide whether they're here for a moment or whether they're here for a lifetime and so when you get to chapter 29 Um, In the very beginning of it, it talks about how they need to build homes and plant fields and basically establish their livelihood because they're going to be there for about 70 years, a lifetime. Um, And so there definitely is. A, a context that you have to keep in mind for the book because otherwise statements like you, you need to pitch a tent and build, plant vineyards and fields is not going to make a lot of sense. okay and a passage cannot mean something to you now that it did not mean to its original audience in its original context. okay so in other words, we need to be careful with 2911. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And we need to understand that that was written to a people that had literally been captive, held cap- like caught, trapped, and carted across the known world to a foreign place. And literally they had no idea how long they were going to be there. And they honestly felt very abandoned by God. And into the midst of that, God speaks, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to bring you a future and hope. And then he goes on to talk about how if you seek him with your whole heart, that he will be found of you. And so for a people facing hopelessness, a lot of what these prophets did is it carries this ray of hope, um, this remnant of hope. Um, And so you can see that all the way until, you know, we got, we've already talked about Ezra and Nehemiah, where they get to come home and they're building their temple and the wall around Jerusalem. Um, Okay, so I don't know. I hope that's a good understanding. And then you have a lot of these minor prophets that have different places and times that they're writing that we'll kind of go through um, as we go. And so each each um, podcast will highlight the context and so on and so forth. And I'll give you some idea of what's going on in the history of each one, because if you're going to read in some of those, you need to know what's going on. Okay, so I think that's all I have for an overview. So I think I'm going to make this a shorter podcast today, but thank you for joining us and please give us some feedback. I would love to know if you think there's something I'm not covering that would be great if I did. Um, If there's a topic for the future that you want me to put on my list, um, I would absolutely love to um, add on some topics if you have them. Um, I will be honest right now. I think I have enough to go for the next two years. (laughs) of just things I would love to cover, um, or little podcasts to even put together. So after we get done with Old Testament survey, we're definitely going to talk about the prophecies from the Old Testament that are fulfilled in Christ and the ones that are waiting fulfillment, um, for a future time. And so we'll talk about those. Um, and then I'm not sure what else I'll include, but then we'll move on to the New Testament. So again, as a reminder, although it is in the show notes, you can look down below the podcast under the information we list, and the very last thing will have our email. Um, But if you've got a pen and paper, it is open the word podcast, all lowercase letters and no spaces, so it's all jammed together at gmail.com drop us an email let us know you're listening we'd love to know how this has blessed you we'd love to know you know if you struggled with a podcast please let us know um because i definitely this is kind of hard to talk and and you know i don't know where you're at and so i definitely would love to speak with that if you're struggling with something you know, if there's something you're curious about or questions that you'd like to have, you know, maybe answered or addressed later, please let us know. You know, it's possible for me to even drop you an email back. Um, the girl who kind of feeds or catches our emails, so to speak, she can forward anything on to me directly, and I can give you a response quicker. But we definitely would love to hear back from you guys. So, again, just really appreciate you guys, and thanks for joining us.